0: Bob Harding and Terry Seaton are two people who might not seem like they have much in common. Bob works as a bank executive and, with his wife Shannon, is raising three young kids on a five-acre hobby farm in Stafford, Oregon, just east of Tualatin. They have 30 chickens, three goats, a cat, and a dog. Terry Seaton lives in North Portland with her husband, Greg Stevens. Not a single chicken, goat, dog, or cat can be found in her house, but though she has no children of her own, she does spend a lot of time with them. Terry, you see, is a Head Start preschool teacher. And Bob, you might be surprised to learn, was once a Head Start student. Head Start is what we want to talk about today in this episode of the Early Link Podcast. I'm Rafael Otto, and thank you for tuning in. Head Start is a federal program that serves low-income children and families. Both Oregon and Washington offer the program, but neither state receives enough funding to serve all children and families who are income-eligible so they supplement the federal program with state dollars. Child advocates, education, and political leaders have called for increasing access to early learning and early childhood programs. That's alongside a growing body of research on the long-term benefits of early care and education programs in general. With that backdrop in mind, we wanted to hear directly from those who have benefited from the program and those who work directly with children and families every day. Oh. It sounds like B. It rhymes
1: with B.
0: Who said D? D? I heard someone say D. Who said it? D! D! Oh,
1: Giselle got it, she said D.
0: We're here at Orchard Head Start in Vancouver, Washington. Bob Harding, our bank executive, is a guest in the classroom today, but he attended this very program as a three-year-old, so it's a bit of a trip down memory lane for him. The kids are eating lunch and about to start a reading activity. Bob, who's about six foot five and built like a linebacker, has fielded several questions from the kids, including how he got so big, if he likes muffins, and whether he knows the name of the chicken in the Disney movie Moana. Of course, he knows the answer. Head Start teacher Terry has some questions for him as well.
1: So, how was it being in the classroom to today? Did you see yourself in the kids?
2: I, I saw myself in the kids, and it it was sort of surreal because it really it takes me back. You know over 40 years to when when I was here and, and uh, watching them play and, and eat and learn especially uh, when they were identifying the letters was was uh, was powerful because it, it let me flash back to the the time when I was here and when I learned to, to draw the number eight and and that stuck in my mind as, as a kid is how they they taught me that it wasn't putting two backwards threes together mm-hmm. but it was the infinity symbol um, so it uh, had a powerful impact on me
1: Tell me more about your your family background and how you grew up in in this area.
2: I'm the youngest of four. When I was three, my my dad uh, decided that he was, his his line was he's going to pursue other opportunities, and and so my parents got a divorce. and And while my mom was waiting for the divorce to be official, we moved from Olympia to to Orchards right up the road. Uh, about three blocks away from from where I'm sitting right now, and that's how I was introduced to Orchard School and Head Start. Um, when my mom, my mom brought uh, my brother and two sisters to at that point where they were in first, uh, third, and fourth grade, and she was holding me, and there was no place to put me. She had to try to earn a living selling Avon, and the lady at the the um, office said, "You know, we have a Head Start program." And my mom lit up, and that was that was where our lives. Turning point was where my mom volunteered at Head Start um, two days a week, and uh, I was able to come here and uh, learn to read and learn, you know, table etiquette and and but they they fed us, um, which we didn't have at the time, and it, it gave my mom time to to go out and earn a living. The hours I was in school here,
1: mm-hmm. you talk about how it sort of changed the tra- trajectory of your family. Yeah. Can you talk more about that?
2: When you're a, a poor family. You go through challenges that that you don't you don't know till you go through them, and finding even finding a place to rent a house is is a challenge. So my mom, not knowing the area, being from out of the country, chose a place that would rent to her. And you know what this orchards was at the time um, it was it was a dangerous place. So it was a challenge. Every day was a challenge. It it was rough to be a single uh, mother with with four kids and and no support, Mm -hmm. uh, no extended family. Um, and so having the connection to the school and Head Start, it, it, it I, I say and I'm proud to say it changed my life and it changed my, my mother's life. And, and it allowed my mom to, to get on her feet without coming across any of the challenges by, not have, by having me safe and my kids safe in school. It um, allowed her to pursue her career. And she was able to land a job at Lynn Benton Community College and she worked there for 25 years.
1: So this was your first school experience at Head Start. Yeah, my first. And what school do you remember starts. about that?
2: You know, I remember letters and numbers, um, but mostly I remember um, I remember feeling safe and uh, playing, um, and I, I remember table etiquette that that mm-hmm. you know really how to use a fork, how to hold it in your hand, and and really how to treat other other kids. And and reading was a big part as well. But the things that jump out are. Numbers, letters, and, and uh, etiquette, table etiquette.
1: You talked about how um, you felt safe here yeah. and that you, there were lots of things that you learned. Could you talk more about that, especially your interaction with other children? Sure.
2: It was, it was my first opportunity to have um, interactions with kids my age and um, really problem solving and playing and having, having partners um, on the playground and in the room, but also learning etiquette and, and what is, what's okay. How to talk to people how to respect um, other people's feelings other people's desires and and really begin that communication process because at home i was the youngest of four from a, a broken family and we didn't have those barriers so it really set a lot of the uh, framework to how to uh, engage socially with other kids as i moved on to first grade i had a good base that allowed me to be a contributing a member of the classroom, not mm-hmm. disruptive, to respect teachers, to respect the, my fellow students.
1: So they really um, sort of taught you how to go to school.
2: Taught me how to go to school, how to listen, mm-hmm. how how to when to talk, when not to, um, how to engage and how to how to think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first time where I was really asked questions on you know to think and problem solve. Um, also um how to how to be a good a good friend, mm-hmm. you know, what is a good friend, and how to treat people.
1: It's what sounds like Head Start's still really important. To you today yeah.
2: my my passion is supporting kids zero to six um, especially the ones that that have challenges in their life that need need somebody um, be institutions um, or or uh, individuals to help them i have said um, and I, I say it without pride or emotion if i didn't have head start in my life um, i believe i would be in jail and just because of if you look at what our challenges were and if you go back To where we lived and the neighborhood there was convicted felons all around us mm-hmm. and a lot of these people um, Spent 20 30 years in jail um, And things that were happening there um, it, it was it was a challenge for for my family and and my mother so the role models that I had Became the educational system became the school mm-hmm. and it supported my mom and kept her Grounded, and that's uh, you know that's something that, that my mom has continually reminded me that it really provided her a pathway to her success as well, mm-hmm. and and so I'm I'm very, very pleased that um, the lady at that front desk um, took the extra step to remind my mom of a program that n- no one even knew about. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if she had not gone that extra step, um, I think it would be a different story.
0: Bob Harding, you should know, has recently taken the lesson about being a good friend to heart. A former board member of United Way of the Columbia Willamette, Bob has continued to support Head Start and other programs that benefit his community. As the head of Pacific Continental Bank, he supported charitable giving from his employees with matching funds and paid employees to volunteer at local nonprofits. Giving back has been a big part of his adult life. He continues to volunteer for Children's Institute and enjoys spending days in Salem lobbying for funds. In that way he has a lot in common with Terry Seaton, who has given her time, expertise and heart to children and families in many capacities, but most recently as a 25-year Head Start teacher with EOCF, Educational Opportunities for Children and Families, based in Vancouver, Washington.
2: Terry, tell me uh, is your involvement in Head Start every day and you've been doing this for 40 years now. Yes. Um, what's your What's your take to people that don't know what Head Start is or, or how do you explain what Head Start is to a person that's not involved with it every day?
1: The thing that's important for me about Head Start and their mission is that it's a really comprehensive program that it provides services not only for young children but also to the families that we serve. And so it's sort of this two-pronged approach or service it provides um, opportunities for children for school readiness but it also provides services to families that can increase family stability and also work to sort of bridge that opportunity gap or parity yeah. gap that exists for families and so I think those are the two things that I think I think a lot of people think head starts for, for just young children right. but I think there's this whole other piece of family support that yes. um, sometimes I think gets lost in the conversation about Head Start.
2: Today we see the, the fun and the happiness that the kids have here in, in your nearly 40 years. Um, talk to me about the the joy and the engagement that you see on a daily basis in your Head Start program.
1: I think one thing that's a big boon in my, in my work is that the children come so excited to be sort of part of this classroom community and so there's this element of learning that's happening but there's also this element of uh, participation and social engagement earlier you talked about you know safety that you felt i think it's a it we try to create an environment that's welcoming that's appropriate and culturally appropriate for children and so i think it gives them an opportunity to explore you know become self-directed learners pursue their own interests and I think those are the things that are dynamic that are happening in the classroom. Yeah. And I think that's what's exciting about teaching young children is they learn so much yeah. in those first five years, in those you know the three years that I yeah. sometimes have the opportunity to have children. That every day is this new day of discovery for children, and we get to partner with them. We get to be participants with that, with them, in that.
2: What do you wish uh, that would be different or could be improved with Head Start?
1: I think the biggest thing would be access for children, having more opportunities for children to be served. But hand in hand in that is to have good programs for them to attend. And I think that is best met by having um, you know, more funding for it, especially for the educators and the, and the people who work yeah. in Head Start. I think it's, I think it's one thing to have a program, but I think it's another one to have one that's well-staffed, well-paid.
0: Increased funding for Head Start would help stabilize the program and compensate teachers for the skilled and valuable work they do. Terry explains.
1: There's lots of um, people who come to Head Start and start at Head Start, but because the discrepancy in compensation is so great that we end up in many times becoming sort of a training ground. For other social service agencies, people come oftentimes out of college or out of another um, profession and work in Head Start for a year or two and get really good experience and training and then go on to the school districts or right. to so other social service agencies for higher compensation, mm-hmm. more benefits, more those kinds of things. Yeah. So I think it's unfortunate that we don't have more pay, ep- yeah. pay equity with, with other professionals in, right. early, ch- in early learning people in early learning are asked to do more and more things. I mean, we're asked to, you know, have understanding about brain development and ACEs, which is adverse childhood experiences. We're Mm -hmm. asked to work with children in variety of, uh, who need accommodations and disabilities. So I think in many ways, we're asked to sort of help this sort of complex period in children's lives. And yet we are not often seen as parallel professionals you know yep. i think people too often associate early learning with babysitting and it's so much more than that yep. it's something that you know takes professional development it takes education it takes good training it takes intention and planning yep. to to do well i think yep. and that's a piece that i think gets lost yep. in the conversation
2: well thank you from the bottom of my heart mm-hmm. for being committed and sticking with the kids and and doing such wonderful things on a daily basis. Is there any examples of kids that have come back five or 10 years later and you've seen them grow? And how does that feel?
1: So often I think I'm in, you know, I have these relationships with children that are, you know, when they're very young and they sometimes come back. I think their memories have faded. I think so often I have parents that have come back and who Share their, in a sense, their success stories yeah. about what happened, how Head Starts helped them make changes in their lives, provide an opportunity for self sufficiency and stability. Yeah. You know, the children, kind of like you, have memories of what happens, but yeah. being so young, I think they get to reap the benefits yeah. of the experience. It's often the parents that will come back. I often say that at the end of the year, the children are so excited for kindergarten and summer, they forget it's the parents yeah, that worry. have a hard time going on.
0: This is the Early Link Podcast brought to you by Children's Institute.
1: What are you doing? Wait. Say something. Uh, uh, Wait, are you Are you hear us? Yes, what else? I can hear you. recording
0: your voices right now. Are we here? And sounds yeah. on the own. Yeah. Can we hear? Do do yeah. Can we hear? Yeah. Can Children's Institute is working to ensure a strong beginning for Oregon's children. Please subscribe to our podcast. We've recently been added to Spotify, and you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can also find episodes on our website at childinst.org. Cooper (laughs) in little
2: chairs. I Cooper. I have little kids, and I sit in these little chairs at home. Except the ones at home are made out of wood. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I have a wood shop where I fix them when I break them.